Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. M&M Investments. Minus four and a half on the road. I am all in against bad quarterbacks. No impact of quarterbacks. Featuring Mutt and Merloni. A well-rounded football team. I don't think they lose four games in a row. I think right now it's about three and a half. Brought to you by Twin River Casino and Hotel. Check out the brand new sports book at Twin River Casino in Lincoln, Rhode Island. Now open. Here's Mike Mutnatsky and Lou Merloni. Well, no need for a big uh, intro run-up today because our guest is in studio. It is, of course, Preakness Week. We're trying to bounce back off a Kentucky Derby where not only did I not love the actual first horse across the line, maximum security, I liked Country House, but not enough to include him in, in big tickets that I played. And hopefully you did, and we'll get to more handicapping on the Preakness later on this week. But one person did, that's Jessica Paquette, who is the Vice President of Marketing for Suffolk Downs. She's joining me in studio. Uh, and we'll get to what was, was it your... Biggest score ever? Oh, yeah, that was definitely my biggest score and maybe my favorite derby ever now in hindsight. Okay, we'll get to how you came up with a ticket. Not only did Jess come up with the trifecta, which uh, paid five grand for 50 cents, I'll point out. We'll get to her ticket, but she put it on the website at Suffolk Downs. So she, as a public handicapper, gave out a monster, monster winning ticket. We'll talk about the Preakness uh, later on. But obviously, Jess, we've had you on the podcast before. Great to have you back. Uh, The derby is the biggest event of the year for racing. I won't say it's it's the most important. It probably is, but maybe people in racing think it's Breeders' Cup. But for me, I think a lot of people get into racing because of the Triple Crown. I think when I started following it, it was Smarty Jones winning Kentucky Derby. And so when you have a DQ like this and you have a horse win but then not win, a lot of people that aren't diehard racing fans are going to question what happened. Your thoughts on what we saw uh, now, what, 10 days ago, 
with maximum security getting DQ'd and Country House being put up in the biggest stage racing has on Derby Day 135. Well, let's take a step back and forget that I cashed a big ticket on this. Okay, because we'll take, well, it's tough to take it out. Okay, I'll try to pretend you'd have the try. Go ahead. And that was great, but not with, uh, notwithstanding that I had an awesome day as a handicapper, I got lucky for sure, but we, as a handicapper, we've all been on the wrong side of a DQ yeah. enough times that it, you take your luck when you can get it. But I think it was the right call to make. I think for those of us who work in racing, who are fans of horse racing, I think everyone should just be so grateful that nothing terrible happened. Uh, War of Will is the real MVP of the day for staying upright and keeping his footing and not causing what could have been a really terrible accident for horse and human. And I think the way I looked at it when I watched the race, I thought the horse should have come down. And if it was an average racing day, not the biggest day of the year, not the biggest race of the year, I think it would have been a no-brainer. So I think that's why they had to disqualify him. Yeah. And Suffolk will be racing this weekend, three weekends coming up, and we'll talk about Suffolk racing and New England racing. But if it was a Suffolk, you know, race three on, on Saturday, a Tuesday, the, the horse, horse comes, comes down. down. Absolutely. And it, it was, it was, it was a foul. And and you said exactly how we put. We talked a little bit on the show with, with Jerry, but the the idea of what almost happened, where people in NASCAR talk about the big one, the wreck. You were a step or two away from that happening in the biggest stage for horse racing. And horse racing right now in 2019 is in what I would call a tenuous position. It was a terrible winter in California. There are groups that are coming after racing from every which way, groups that don't have the, the horses or the sports interest uh, best interest in mind but want to see racing go away. If we get that NASCAR pileup that could have happened if War Will and Tyler Gaffleyone are not as athletic and as, as quick as they were because in the slow shot you see, their hooves almost hit twice. I mean, War of Will almost runs into the rear end of maximum security, and uh, who knows well, what happens Well, you saw it in there. the Oaks the day before, sure. right, right out of the gate. Uh, ho- a horse clips heels and falls down, and luckily that was at the beginning of the race. There weren't horses behind yeah. her, and she was fine. But imagine that kind of you know, tumble with 15 horses behind him. At the That's, top of the stretch in the derby. There, there's no coming back from that no. for horse racing for me. I, I just think we all got very lucky that we get to continue to have the sport that we love and that no one got hurt. And of course, it's disappointing to lose the derby. I, I sympathize with uh, the Wests and with Luis Saez and with Jason Service. Uh, you know, it's a gut-wrenching, disappointing day, but horses have been disqualified in bigger grade ones with bigger purses and in grade ones before, and there isn't this hysteria about it. I don't know if you remember the Arlington Million. Um, I think it's about 10 years, maybe more now, uh, with a horse named Powers Court. It was a terrible, roughly run race. He got disqualified. Yep. It was a hu- that was a huge race. And people talked about Byron in the Classic a couple of years ago. Who should have come who down. Should have come who should have come down. Who should have come down. But it's out of the gate. He fouled two or three horses, went on to win the race because he blocked out the other speed horse in the race, went wire to wire. nearly wiped out tiny shared belief. He should have, should have been DQ'd and wasn't. So the, the, these happen on a big stage. The, the, the pro, the, we're, so we're in racing. We're turning the page. We're on to the Preakness. Always another race. The, but that's the issue for me is that, I, on one hand, all PR is good PR. You know? mm-hmm. But in this case, like I, I can, I'm trying to imagine if I were just getting into racing, it was 2004 again, and it was Smarty Jones who just won the Derby. And I was a fan, and I went to the Preakness two weeks later, and he's not in the race. The second, third, and fourth place finishers are in the race, and I know that I might have, I, I was supposed to have the winner in the derby, but then he got taken down. It's a weird look because I can see how it leaves a bad taste in the mouths of people who are new to the sport who thought, okay, the horse won, I don't get paid, and now that horse is not running back. 
in two weeks. So it's it's a from a, a mainstream situation, it's a tough spot for the sport to be in, if that makes any sense. I think this actually makes horse racing a little more approachable to a mainstream sports fan because God, the day after a big sporting event, I mean, you hear you know people call you up and complain about the refs they or do. complain about this call. They or sure com- do. So it gives, I think they probably understand this more, that, that that's sports. Sometimes you don't like the call, whether it's right or wrong. They got the call right, and they, they, did. they well, forget uh, War of Will, forget Tyler Gaffleyon. They they got the call right. Uh, recently, last day or so, we're taping this on Tuesday morning. They suspended Louis Saez in, in in Kentucky. That makes no sense to me. Uh, he got punished enough losing the purse as the 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 first place finisher. He's going to be known as the jockey who essentially lost the Derby potentially for Gary and Mary West and Jason Service. The 15 days is excessive, but they got the call on the track right last Saturday. They got the call on the track right. I do disagree with the suspension. I don't think Luis Saez rides recklessly. I don't think he rides dangerously. Which, by the way, as a better, I like betting on Luis Saez because he's aggressive. He goes to the front. He's willing to cut other people off, which is legal. Up into a point. He rides like a younger kid to me, an aggressive, hungry kid who has never maybe been in a truly bad accident. Uh, And I I don't know if he understands kind of really the depth of what that kind of riding can cause. But he doesn't do anything reckless. He's not out there trying to hurt or, you know, interfere with his other riders. You have to remember, horses are about 1,100 pounds they spook yeah. easily. They startle easily. And he really did try to correct that as quickly as he could. But they're 1,100 pounds going 40 miles per hour. You can only react so quickly when you're a 115-pound man. We've had these conversations for years about the Derby. And so I was not completely surprised when the result changed and Country House got put up, Code of Honor runs second, Tacitus runs third. I was not surprised that you were on these horses because <laughs> over the years you tend to you lean towards the horses that are bred to get the, the distance. That, that to you is more important than speed. For me, speed is the most important thing in racing. I go to horses, and I tend to trend toward horses that I think are the fastest horses, especially in these classic races, especially tappets. This is, I've heard you say it over and over again. So I feel like a moron for not reaching out to you to say, hey, who do you like this year? Because once uh, security is DQ'd, you hit the try. I did. You gave out the try ticket. So explain how you came to actually placing that bet, how much you bet, and is it a bet you usually make every single derby like that? Okay, well, typically I do pick three or four horses and box them in a trifecta in a big race like the Derby or the Classic. Like, this is, I think, there's some value to be had if you get a little bit lucky. Sure is, yeah. And these are where there's some big pools and big purses. There's, you can really have a big score. So that's my typical bet in a race like the Derby. And... With a horse like Maximum Security going into the race, and before Omaha Beach scratched, I was all in on him. So I'll, so I'll admit I. that I was, I like, I was on, a chalk-eating weasel. It would, would have been 2-1, to 5-2, to two, but that would have represented and I think value given how he raced. I think given the results of the race, which we'll get to, I still think, I he, think w- he, wins. he wins that race. I yes. do. And Maximum Security going into the race for me was a horse you have to take a stand for him. or against. I hated him. I hated him. I, he was um, nowhere in my picks. I thought, he was, I thought he was a horse that was going to be close to last... Um, he just struck me as a real Florida horse, and I don't mean that in a complimentary way. Well, he seemed cheap. I mean, I, he did I, I understand cheap. that the West were trying to sell horses off, but they put that horse in for 16000 You could have bought that horse in a blink of an eye. And so th- that horse is going to win the Derby? No, I, 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 I didn't believe I'm it. not a Jason Service fan, to be honest with you. I'm not. I'm just not. And so I was tossing him out entirely, and I was kind of going with my good guy trifecta of Bill Mott and Shug <laughs> McGahee. And, you know, once in a while, the racing gods give you one here. So... It was a good guy trifecta. So you boxed 
uh, Country House, Code of Honor, Tacitus, and who was the third? The Coma, um, okay, which so I'll be I'll admit that was a little sentimental on well, my part. Well, that's the Gatzis stable. Yeah, I've talk, you, I've been how do you not Matt, root for them? Matt Gatzis, based out of Manchester, the Gatzis folks who uh, own them. I forget the name of the Gander. horse. Gander. 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 I keep, I keep want to call him Gradar for some reason. But, no, but he Gander, was ten times the horse Gradar was. Understood. And if they didn't have a derby horse, I was rooting for, for Vacoma too. And he came out of the race well and talking to Matt, and he'll be pointing oh, toward cool. things down the road. Cool. He's a neat horse. I mean, he moves. He's a fast he, horse. He's too. a hideous mover. He's got a weird thing with his he, hoof. He, he, wing, he wings out. It's just a. Just like some people are ugly runners, he's just an ugly mover. It doesn't, he's not, there's nothing wrong with him. I am also not a very attractive runner and I run a lot. <laughs> I look like someone's chasing me and it's not that cute, but I try. So I sympathized with him. So you went with your good guy trifecta yep. box. Uh, they end up with the DQ. So the service runs one and you're, you're ripping up your ticket. The thing drags on, country house on top, code of honor in the middle, Tacitus, uh, Get, getting up for third. What a ride. By, Great ride. What a, Great ride. What a ride. I yeah. mean, I feel like I... Uh, Nosing out improbable, which would have, was fourth, would have been elevated to third, which would have helped me out in a lot of ways. And ruined everything for me. So uh, you end up cashing the try. It was it paid uh, just over 5000 for a 50-cent ticket. How much did you box it for? I had it for a dollar. You had it for a buck, mm-hmm. so you can do the math there at home. I'm assuming like biggest score. Like, what's the reaction? Because I've I admit, I've never had a I've never ten thousand dollar ticket. Ne- so let's I walk never you have through either. what happens. I was just so stunned. So I'm watching the race and I'm watching the DQ kind of happen, and I didn't realize I had a live ticket. I was first just so delighted that Bill Mott won his Derby. Just I mean, delighted <laughs> by this. Like, wait a second, you didn't realize I, you had the try when they make the DQ and I they was, throw them out okay, all together. So. After the race finished, I was a little salty about the results. So I got in my car and was driving to pick up a pizza and go home. And my husband's text. Before te- it went official? Mm-hmm. I oh, just had my. T- I know. I was like, I'm done with it. Um, I was a little. I, I was a little salty about oh, it. Well, I shouldn't say that because to be fair, I'd been at the track out. all day. I it, it was a. It, I had been at Suffolk all day. I was hungry. <laughs> um, to be honest, we were at Mohegan and people left the ballroom because yeah. they thought the race was over. So I'm mocking you, but a lot of people. Oh didn't. no! So I mean, but I always keep my tickets in my wallet anyway. I'm not a ripper upper. Oh, um, the stupers had a field. Day oh, I bet they did. I was thinking Saturday. about that. So you're going to get pizza. I'm going to pick up pizza and go home. And my best friend and my husband are both texting me that you know this DQ looks like it's. It's going to really happen because I thought he should come down. I didn't think he necessarily would. I didn't think they'd ever take. A horse I didn't. I didn't the think derby. they would. Um, no so they're texting me back and forth that you know this is really happening, and I was like, oh, awesome. And then the DQ happens. I'm like, oh my goodness, D- Bill Mott won this der- won his derby. I was he ran one three. I was one delighted three. by this, but it. I didn't realize the Tastus had gotten up for third. I thought I that looked real close to me. It, and it, trust me, having watched the replay about twenty times, it was. It so was. I it didn't even occur to me that I had a live ticket until I realized the Country House won, and I was like, "Wait a second. And then I just stared at my at my ticket in the parking lot of Angela's Pizza in August for about ten minutes, being like, "What do I do? What happens now? I don't actually know what to do." And then I had to go back to the racetrack anyhow because some uh, news crews were coming. They wanted reactions. About yeah, the my DQ. my wife said you're on TV uh, that night. I it was a it was a great fun long day at the track, but it, I was just be beside myself. Uh, it was a nice gift from the racing guys. That is a, an awesome story. Uh, was sitting with uh, Anthony Stabile, who was at where the Big A works the big for Naira. A. He benefited the same way you did. Oh, he, did he? he? Needed the, Good he needed for him. The seven out of everything, and they took the they took the thing they took the panel down, and he he started calling. They took the whole board down. Took the whole board down. So they're going to throw out out altogether, and they put him 18th, and it came back. And he said before the race, Bill Mott, like he's the same. He loves Bill Mott. 
And so he had those two horses keyed, and that was it. And he cashed out for you know monster trifecta ticket. And yeah. a lot of people who bet country house at sixty two to one, which it's going to sound dumb, that was an overlaid price. When you look at when you look, and we said it going through the paddle that day, said he should not be sixty two to one. When some of the other horses, like Plus K Parfait and these other horses the who had Japanese no shot, who, who ended up making who ran a great, great run ran, up the rail ran super and made, good for them. maybe ran, assigned ran. the rail it was good that day, but 62 to 1 made no sense given who he was running against, given his running style, and given that he, if you looked at the horses that were bred for it with the Tomlinson numbers and who had run well on a wet track, he was supposed to move up. And that's why going forward off the result, I have no idea what to think about the Derby. I usually think it's a great race to watch the replays and you can pick out. Like a flower alley has a bad trip. I'm going to play him back next race. Did he ever win again? I'm not sure if he did. <laughs> uh, he won at Saratoga. He won the prep for the, the Travers up at Saratoga, the Jim Dandy, I think. So Country House ran a 99 buyer. That's his top. Code of Honor tied his top at 97. Those two horses, to me, Jess, benefited from the way the track played. There's, you can watch them run. They love the slop. The track was sealed and sloppy. They don't horses don't run on the, those surfaces. They did they, something weird they with the track. They, they, they harrowed they, it. They, they didn't run it. They didn't run on a seal. So track. it was a harrowed slot because track. I think there was this concern uh, because seal tracks. I think they can get tight. I think and they did. Down, I think they did. Okay. They tried to make the track as safe as possible. But for that's the day. a trade. You you tell me. That's not the type of surface a lot of these horses will ever run on again. A harrowed, sloppy surface. No, I don't think I don't think so. But I maintain that Country House is good. So I've had this thought about him since the beginning of the year. He always struck me as a horse that is just green. Um, his first couple of races I'd watch, I'd be like, man, this is a nice horse. Bill Mott has a real horse here. He just needs to learn how to change leads and get his head straight a little bit. He just seems like a big, goofy, sort of immature horse. I maintain this horse has a great second half of the year. Yeah, I... I I think he's a good horse. I, I, I wonder against the, I was going to say the medal of the, the rest of the three-year-olds. I, I don't know how good, it's, it's, it's a deep group. I think group, it's a fun group. It's but, a really likable but group. But without Omaha Beach being involved, and if you if you don't believe in maximum security, uh, then it's it's a deep group that doesn't have a leader, so maybe there are some chances for him at Saratoga. Some and I think Cassidy turns out Breeders to be Cup Classic. Nice. I mean, I, I was going to say, out of the, the out of the Derby, the horses that I in. I would focus on going forward that I think have a shot to be leaders in the division. Country House, obviously leader in the clubhouse. By, he was fourth to Omaha Beach in the, the Arkansas Derby, and now he's won a derby under his belt. I still think we'll get to him, and Probable's got a future. Uh, I know you're rolling your eyes right now. You're not a fan. Uh, Tacitus definitely does. I mean, if yeah. you were going to say right now, who's my Belmont horse? Who's your Breeders' Cup classic Tacitus. sort of horse? This is a horse that's about, just going to get yeah. better as he gets older. Uh, and I, I think he's figuring it out more with each race. Man, do I like him. And he he had, I thought he had a tough trip in the Derby. I thought Game Winner had the toughest trip. Game I think Winner, Game, Game Winner ran a great race. The trackist numbers say that he ran further than anyone else did in that race. Uh, I, I think Tacitus was too far back early. Other than that, you know, I, I don't know, but I, I, I do know I'm going to be fascinated to watch. We have a bunch of Derby uh, runners up and also runs be in the Preakness. Normally, you have a feeling of how those horses are going to run. I don't I mean War of Will is going to be the second choice in the Preakness. He was making a run there at the top of the stretch, but you know, is he that good, or was it the, the wet track that moved them up? I don't know about the group as a whole going forward. Other than I think they're deep, I don't know how talented they are as a three-year-old group. I don't know. After a couple of years in a row, seemingly, of horses of a lifetime coming through, 
I actually find this to be much more interesting um, with these. That's fair, yeah. You know, horses that might actually stick around past their three-year-old year as well. You would hope at some point. You'd think would, yeah. that some, at least some of these will be running next year mm-hmm. as four-year-olds. Because I, I do get a little bit tired of these, you know, six-start brilliant horses that then go off to the breeding shed. I'm First and for- foremost, I'm a racing fan, so I want to watch these horses for a couple of years. I'm going to uh, give you my... My assessment of improbable. You did not like going in. I liked in the Derby, and I'll probably be uh, back in the Preakness. That was the only texting we had pre-Derby, was me tra- was me bagging on you for liking improbable. And and then the follow-up about how well you did afterwards. <laughs> Congratulations. And I did not do as well. The pace in this Derby was weird, because if you look at the time form pace ratings, the first quarter was fast, and then they slowed to a crawl. And I heard Paul Matisse, a great handicapper, talking about how it was run sort of like a, a harness race or a turf race, where... Fast early, they really slowed down, and they came home really fast. And Improbable was part of that first pace group, then had to sit and, and sort of behind idle behind horses for the rest of the race and then never got out. There's this point where Irad looks over, and to his credit, Flavian Pat and Country House boxed him in. And Country House is on the open-air box on the outside of Churchill. Improbable's just idling, 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 never looked comfortable, never got out. Once he did, he wasn't going to win. But I felt like he's had to sort of stall out there. And Irad rode him like a turf horse. Save ground, make one run. I think the change to Mike Smith and the Preakness is a huge benefit for him. He's as fast as anyone in this group. I know he's going to be the favorite. You know, not 2-1, to 8-5, to five, somewhere in there. But he's run fast enough. And Baffert, I was looking at the numbers before we sat down. He's like 35% running back on two weeks in these graded stakes races. This is what he does. Other trainers, sure other trainers don't do it. It's not in their program. The program works for Bob Baffert. Baffert's program does work for him. I, he's had so much success here. What don't you didn't like him in the Derby, but against this field in the Preakness, what don't you like about Improbable? I have the same two criticisms of him that I had going into the Derby. I, I think he's a fine, he's a fine racehorse. He's a Grade One winner. <laughs> he's okay, um, but I think he has distance limitations, mm-hmm. and I think he hangs. I think he's a horse. That- he runs with his head cocked, which they put the blinkers on for a race. It didn't. Didn't seem to matter. Didn't I, seem to but matter. I think he waits on horses. I think this where yeah. you, where you're seeing him kind of stalling and idling. I think he's happy to run with his friends, and he doesn't really. Yeah. I, I think he's a horse that he, as he's getting older, he's getting into this habit of just kind of sticking with rather than going past. So I know it's early. It's only Tuesday. We have no post position, positions yet for the Preakness, but we have an idea of the field. There's probably be twelve, maybe thirteen, maybe eleven, somewhere in that mix. Uh, there. Is there a classic type good guy horse you're going to focus on in this Preakness? Or is it as simple as War of Will had the trip and you're going to go back to him on Preakness Day? I think War of Will, I think he's the horse to beat here. I think he ran a great wow. race in the Derby. I thought Mark Cassie took everything like a gentleman. And his well, there are a lot of questions about War of Will going in because his last race at was Fairgrounds terrible. was atrocious. And I, I, I couldn't even include him in anything that I was doing. I know that he was working out well, but based on that last race, just like Serengeti, Serengeti Empress in the Oaks, I couldn't bet the horse off the last effort, but he seemed to run okay in the Derby. He looked like a horse to me that was so physically blossomed going into the Derby that I was starting to sort of forgive that last race at Fairgrounds. Okay. And yeah. at Fairgrounds, it did. It looked like... I, this is kind of tough to explain to someone who I, who doesn't ride all that often. It looked like his stifles kind of locked up and just slipped out from under him. I have no him. idea what that means. Well, yeah, you just kind of like lose the real, real drive, essentially. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that just that just sort of happens. I was going to give him a pass on that, especially because of how well he was training since then. And boy, has he shown he is as athletic as they come. Um, yeah. And I, I don't think Mark Cassie would run him back so quickly after such a rough and 
sort of perilous race if he didn't think that there was that this horse could redeem himself. I, Cassie doesn't. He's not one that kind of jams them in just to have a horce in a big race. So. No, he's taken time with horses. He's had you know good horse on the grass and tepid. He's had good horse in yeah. the dirt. So I, I, I'm, I'm not going to be as uh, I won't question him as much going into this race. He is going to be like improbable, unfortunately. Going to be major underlays yeah, because so. the, the horses, the the the, the new shooters that, that didn't race in the Derby, they're jumping in now. I don't. None of them, none of them feel like a horse I want to key or focus on. They've got. Uh, uh, another twist of fate, who ran out west. We have uh, Always Mining, who's the local bred win-win-win, who I sort of like right, in the Derby. An- another twist of fate. Like, if you, do you, How can you like him? Cutting humor ran terrible. He did. I, I, I don't. There's not a lot else to, to gravitate towards, so I don't know how I'm going to play it, but I have a hard time getting past the the Derby contenders in the Spreakness. I agree. I know. I think it, I, I do. I think Improbable is sort of the best of the rest, um, even though I don't like him. I wouldn't, I'm not going to try to talk you le- into leaving him off your ticket entirely. He's not, he's not, I'm. It's weird because, again, the Preakness is a fun race because normally you have a lot of trips out of the Derby. And what you have is if you didn't like the Derby winner, you get to bet against him in the Preakness. And that always offers value. Like, Giacomo wins the Derby. I can't wait to bet a Fleet Alex in the Preakness. Sure. Sign me up and put me in any race where Giacomo is going to be the favorite or second choice. And you get to bet against him off the Derby win. We don't get to do that with Country House. I don't know how you'd have responded in two weeks, but he's sick and he's not going to run this race anyway. But... I would have bet against in the Preakness because that's just what you're supposed to do if you didn't like the Derby winner. Oh, absolutely. I think there could have been so many different angles, but so many people are sitting this out for whatever Well, I'll go back to maximum security for a second. I feel bad for the owners, obviously, and the connections for losing. This horse should be in the Preakness. It is is a a freaking shame. You want to fight back? Go win the Preakness because he'd be the favorite, and I'd probably bet him back in the Preakness. He could be long gone in this group. And they're sitting out and waiting until what? I, the, the Haskell in July? Give me a break. Yeah, Run I your mean, horse. Run your horse. If he's well, and there's been every report is that he's fine. Yeah, Run him. It, yeah. It's I just kind of the more some of these people talk and offer statements on this, the less I the less I like any of it. And well, get you with the West bitching on today, the Today Show, the two or three days afterwards. Just it's stop. not a good look. It's it's not a good look at all. And it's a worse look not to run on the Preakness. Race. Oh, all of it. All I mean, of it. It's comical. You, you just kind of look like a really sore loser. And this isn't the, I, I assure you, this is not the first time they've been DQ'd from any win. I also had this, uh, so I had kind of a thought about all of this. Sure. Just a, I understand this is the Derby and this is the biggest day, but I think of little guys who have their one horse in a big stakes race and get disqualified. Do they quit horses? Do they <laughs> sell their stable? I mean, you, you know, think of a small time trainer that gets a, a shot in like a, ungraded or a grade three race and get yeah. DQ'd for whatever reason. Do, you, do they go home and then be like, I'm done. I am done I'm with sure this. they go back to their stable and they deal with their other smaller horses and go on with and them, carry on with the their business. And, and, and the, the Wessel, I guess. Take your lumps. This is horse racing. You lose more that? than. If it was, if they were sporting, they'd be in this race. You're right they're, they're They spent 10 days now complaining about the result. Uh, the services, uh, the service, uh, Jason Service and the West have a lot of good horses together. They're going to be okay. They're going to be just fine. I mean, Jason Service wins at what, 40%? I am not really, my heart isn't really bleeding for him. He is one of the super trainers, right? Mm-hmm. He is one of the 35, 40%. Not, you see it at smaller tracks the, where trainers used to win at 35, 40%. You don't see them win at 35, 40% at Gulfstream, which is what Jason Service has done recently. So you take that for what it's worth. Um, you'll be watching the Preakness at Suffolk Downs. Sure so will. we we have, uh, I, you know, I'm a huge fan of Suffolk racing. Can we say this officially? It is this going to be it for good? Because I have been to the, I'm using air quotes, 
last days of Suffolk racing before, it feels like these last three weekends are officially the end of racing at the Boston Oval. These are, this is officially the last couple of weeks, the last three weekends, May 18th and 19th, June 8th and 9th, and the 29th and 30th. That's yeah. it. So if you have some fond memories of the East Boston Oval, come and send the, send the old girl off in style. Uh, back in 2014, when it seemed like that was the end, that yeah. one felt like a funeral to me. And I just want these last couple of weekends to be full of joy and celebration of the history we've had at Suffolk and all of the great horses and horsemen and people that have come through there. And it, it does seem like there's potential for racing to continue in Massachusetts. Uh, let's talk about this these next couple of weekends. What do you expect from a racing standpoint? I mean, they're going, it's Tuesday. They're going to draw today. Uh, what kind of fields are you expecting? What kind of races people going to get? We're going to get the great family fun. Uh, we're going to. I will be there multiple weekends. Uh, it's a great event. But from a racing standpoint, what, what's the perspective right now from the fields and what you might see? Uh, from Racing Products Saturday and Sunday this weekend? I think it's going to be great. Our racing office does a super job of putting together these big fields, competitive races. Uh, we offer some really generous purses, and I think that draws uh, some competitive horses. We have great grass racing, and the weather, I know it's a not looking so good awesome. right it's, it's now. It's so annoying that Rockingham and Suffolk had these great turf courses that are going to end up just going away. Suffolk had certainly has an interesting turf course. It's not for everybody. It's a little uh, European. I like it. It's hilly. It's it a- is hilly. And some horses just love it. And that can be a great handicapping angle if you find a horse that loves that turf course. That's what we need to know. So tur- hor- hor- you believe in the horse for course on the Suffolk turf? Course. Yeah. I mean, going into okay. this weekend, if you see any horse in the form that has run well on the Suffolk course before... Even if you're a little skeptical of them, give them a stronger look. There's something to be said for experience on this turf course. But the racing, I think, will be super. What else do you look for? Any tips for people who are going to hear this and going to be betting the Preakness? Maybe they're going to be out at Suffolk Downs or betting on simulcast who know that Suffolk is involved. And they look at the races. You'll have your picks up at SuffolkDowns.com. Well, I don't know the, if I guarantee any $11,000 trifectas, the but derby, I'll try. Yeah, the Derby trifecta was up there for all of us to see. Morons like me who should have <laughs> watched, looked at it. Uh, what any other any trainers you think are pointing towards these last couple of weekends that are going to be trainers you want to look for? I know Jay Bernardini is one of your favorites, and he always sends horses in for meets like this. Yeah, Jay comes in with a really loaded arsenal, and he's someone who was a leading trainer at Suffolk when we had a regular full-time meet, and he's gone on to do really well at other tracks in Maryland and in Ohio, and he's upped his stock a little bit and has continued to be competitive. So he comes to these weekends uh, really ready to win. He's also still a local guy. He, his family's here, so I think there's his something... His wife is a huge WEI Mutton Callahan fan. Oh, so I Jay, bet. could you text me a winner at some point this weekend, Jay? If you got one that's running, Jay. Jay's wife, if you're listening, I could use Carol, a winner. Carol, Carol, Mutt. I could use a winner, please. Thank you. And they're local sports fans, so I think he loves winning at home, too. There's something to be said for some of these people getting to come home and win with their friends and family around. So never underestimate the local guys. Uh, so it's Saturday and Sunday, so you, you said the dates, but this is, I'll make it simple. Preakness weekend, Belmont weekend, last weekend in June. That's it. Are the final three. That's it. And so the food trucks will be there, uh, the craft beer vendors, uh, you guys have had, like, when I've been there recently, and I've taken Carter and hopefully take the, the boys, and we're, they love it. You guys have done, like, old memorabilia sales. This is the end for Suffolk. Are you going to be, like, auctioning off Suffolk Downs memorabilia stuff? Is that going to be part of the last couple of weekends? How's that going to work? Not that I know of. Um, many of the kind of artifacts in the racetrack are owned by the folks who bought the property. There you go. So there Makes will sense. not be um, a Rockingham-style dispersal of the stuff. I went to that. Oh, I, I couldn't. It broke my heart too much. I didn't mm-hmm. buy anything. What I took, this is, uh, I'm such a loser. You stole? Good for you. Is it stealing if they're going to tear it down anyway? It depends so on what you took. So buy one of the bars there. They had like an old Rockingham Park, like full color menu. 
Oh, and I cool. thought for like my bar area at home, I just grabbed that and said, I'm not going to, they were, the stuff was, they were selling was, it was great, but it was going for crazy prices. I said, I can't afford this. I'm going to take a menu, just something to remember the rock by and a couple of pictures and get the hell out of here. I mean, I can probably save a few old programs for you. So you don't have to, you don't have well, to. I have some old MassCap hats. I was at the last MassCap cool. that was run. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be more, like you said, less of a funeral, more entertainment, more excitement, because I think that the reality is, and the story's out now, so we can talk about it. You were out at the Great Barrington Fairgrounds, what, 10 days ago, two weeks Last ago? Last Monday. Because the owners, the, the former owners of Suffolk Downs, uh, Sterling Racing, do I have that right? Uh, Sterling Suffolk Sterling Racecourse. Suffolk Racecourse. You guys, the attempt is going to be to run a similar type meet next fall at Great Barrington, which I've never been to, but is a famous New England course, which is not run since what? I believe the early 2000s, 90 or 90s. It's been a, it's been a long time. So they haven't had racing at Grace ba- Great Barrington. You were out there, and is the goal next fall to continue racing there? It is, and I awesome. had ne- I had never been out there. I just missed the fairs when I came into racing in this area. So I ne- I never been to Brockton or Bar- Great Barrington any of these places. I hadn't either. So I walked around just essentially with the hard eyes emoji on my face the entire time, just mesmerized by all of it. You can see what it could be. There's this beautiful infield. The grandstand still has some decent structure to it. And the track is beautiful. And it's in this beautiful area. area. And you think about it in the fall with the foliage. There could be something so special here. And I still, because I... I love I love horse racing, and I'm also just a lifetime New Englander. I believe that there's still an appetite for horse racing here. Absolutely. I believe we could still do this. It, and it, it it's going to be a shame because it, it's the the hit. It's a shame. First of all, Suffolk is closing. I mean, if we're being honest, yeah, it should stay open. There's too much history there between Seabiscuit and all the great horses that run there. There there's just too too much, and there's some great books on Suffolk Downs. You can read about how much racing history is there. But the idea that there's be no racing in New England. Like, no thoroughbred so racing left. That, That's, it's just a it's a tragedy that I hope we can avoid. Um, and I think of these small tracks. It, uh, with Portland Meadows is also closing in June. They're closing their doors. Wow. They're on the West Coast. Didn't know um, that. Yeah, it, it, kind of the same day we are essentially. But these small wow. tracks are essentially you know double A baseball. This is where trainers come up and and exactly well, the bread and butter trainers the guys who aren't the super trainers the guys who but have even a couple the super trainers started at a they everyone starts at a small yeah. track and and not just the trainers but the jockeys and people who work in other capacities in racing you kind of get your foot in the door in these smaller tracks and i think if there are only the big tracks left it's going to ex- exclude so many folks from getting their feet in the door in e- every level of racing well uh that's next fall though and you said it's great that wingland racing could stay you know uh Live and thriving. I agree with you. I also, as a Saratoga fanatic, recognize the the great weekend road trip that would be some sort of Saratoga Great Barrington Fair. I'm not telling Chip Tuttle how to run his business, but Saratoga's not running on Mondays anymore. <laughs> great Barrington on Mondays after a Saratoga weekend, you can get people to come back around and go to Barrington on Sundays after they've been at Saratoga for the weekend. It sounds amazing. That's the play, Chip. Let's go. And I see I horse show in Northampton in August. So I I just have this kind of vision (laughs) of just spending my summer out there, just horse showing, going to the racetrack, (laughs) living my best, living my best life. Me too. Yeah. Well, I, I, that's again, let's, it's a great look ahead for New England racing, but the focus right now is on Suffolk Downs live racing Preakness weekend, which is this weekend. Uh, I assume post times around noon. Twelve fifty five. Twelve fifty five. There's an exhibition race earlier in the card for uh, state breads. Excellent. So get there. Get there. Non betting race. Non betting race. Okay. So twelve fifty five first post. The food trucks are awesome. The food they you guys have had the last couple of years has been great. Uh, and what you get to do here that you might not get to at big tracks is 
you're you can get to you're so close to everything. Like you want to take people want to take pictures for Instagram and for your scrapbook. There's not a better place than down on the rail at Suffolk. Yeah, and if you ask really nicely, I sometimes will bring you into the paddock so you can watch a race real up close. Uh, as my son Carter knows, it's the <laughs> only you want two races, two places, the only two places to watch races at Suffolk in the winter circle at paddock area with you. Perfect, that's the best race. Or up on the roof, which I think is, he has said to me it's his favorite place in the world. The roof is also my favorite place an, in the world. It's it's a beautiful place to watch everything going on. You only have six days left to do it. The last race ever at Suffolk. That's where I plan on watching it. Is by myself on the roof, kind of in my feelings. All right, that's, so. The f- that's the, where you can find me. The first, the last three weekends this weekend, Preakness weekend, Saturday and Sunday. All the details are at SuffolkDowns.com. And so you're on War of Will as of Tuesday, but you'll have a full rundown, your one through four, and a breakdown on the guaranteed, website. Guaranteed winners. Okay. You're right there. Jessica Paquette. Jess, thank you for coming in. Thank you. We'll talk to you before Belmont. You bet. Excellent. All right. We are going to be back on Thursday. Matt Bernier and Dick Girardi, who is one of, unfortunately, the guys who liked Maxim Security in the Derby who got DQ'd out of it. He is going to wheel back and give us a winner. We're going to do a full handicapping breakdown uh, of the Preakness and the uh, stakes races uh, Friday and Saturday on Thursday's podcast, M&M Investments. We'll talk to you Thursday right here. Good luck. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.